Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Pettig teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. If you can please turn with me to Luke, chapter 5, verse 17. The title of our message this morning is His Mercy. Friday morning I was driving into church, and as I was driving down PCH over here, I heard a loud bang underneath my car and in the front, you know, and my car swerved a little bit. And then I went to go back on the road and I went to hit my brake and my brakes were out right on PCH. So I, you know, did my best to slow down and went on the side of the road and, you know, kept pushing the brake. It kept going to the floor, kept going to the floor, but I was slowing down. I finally slowed down and I was able to, you know, stop there and all. And I looked underneath my car and I, you know, I looked in the front wheel. There was a, a sheet that got wrapped up on my axle and it spun around so tight it busted the, the brake line. Interesting. It looked a lot like the sheet that we put in our garage floor to keep the oil from getting on the garage floor. It was just a freak accident. And I, I think of that about the whole thing. And I think, you know, God is so merciful. God is so merciful. You know, I, there could have been a bunch of cars, you know, in front of me. There could have been cars behind me. There could have been, you know, could have happened at an intersection. It could have happened where there's people walking and all kinds of stuff could have happened. But, but God's mercy covered me. We have a God of mercy. In the midst of a, a sinful world, in the, the midst of uh, you know, evil and all that's around us, but we still have a God of mercy that's alive today, and we're to demonstrate his mercy to other people around us. Let's not forget that he's merciful. He's so merciful. And we see his mercies every morning. Even the Bible teaches us his, his mercies are new every morning. I, I look for his mercies every morning. I hope you do. We have a God of mercy, and we're going to see that in our story here. That's one of the things we're going to see. So if you can with me, again, Luke chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 17 to 26. It says, Now it happened on a certain day, as he, Jesus, was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea in Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him, Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down on his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Amen. Here in our story, it doesn't mention it here, but Jesus is in Capernaum, his headquarters of ministry. Many believe this was Simon Peter's house that he was at there in Capernaum. And so most likely this was Simon Peter's home. And uh, Mark's account tells us there were so many people gathered together that the house wasn't able to receive, not even, you know, not another person. And then there were so many people that even near the door, you weren't able, able to gather near the door. So, so get the picture. The, the house of Simon Peter most likely is just completely filled. The doorway, people are just packed in by the door. They just want to hear the word from Jesus. They want to hear him teach. And so they're, you know, I get this picture. They're pressing in by the door. Their ears, you know, close to the door so they can just hear him speak. What a picture. And I'm sure, you know, there there are so many people gathered together near the door that they were probably hoping that one person had to go somewhere. So if one person went out, another person would squeeze his way in and, and, and get in there to get close to Jesus. Are we fighting to get close with Jesus? Are we fighting to hear the word of God as we see in our picture? Kind of reminds me a little bit about our last location there at the women's club. Remember that? Those that were there, remember how, you know, as the, towards the end, as it was, you know, you know, doing the build out over here, the place would pack out on Sunday mornings and you would fight to get a seat. And we had chairs lined inside the, the narrow hallway. Check this out. And you could barely get through the hallway. You had to like go like this to get through. And then the bathrooms were right there. Remember that? And the piano bench, if you, if you got the piano bench, you were able to sit there, you scored because it was close to the front and two people could sit on the piano bench. But those that came late, they were standing outside the door. Remember? And then people, you know, they'd stand. And there was, you know, a group of people outside the door just standing there listening. And every once in a while as I was preaching, I would see the people standing there. And then every once in a while you'd see one or two, you know, they were disappointed because they weren't able to come in. And then they just kind of walked away and they put their heads down like, oh, we really wanted to go into that place. And it tore my heart. There was times I wanted to get off from the pulpit and just walk out there and just say, hey, guys, come on. Come on. We'll get you a seat. Please come back. Just listen to the word of God and that excitement for God's word. That's all they came for. If you've seen the place, you would know that's all they came for. <laughs> it was the little woman's club around the corner over here. Did you notice in verse 17 how it says, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. You know what this tells me? That the the Lord was wanting to heal possibly more than just this one man, but he only healed one person. The power of the Lord was there to heal them, not just him. It doesn't say the power of the Lord was there to heal him, this man that was paralyzed. It says the power of the Lord was there to heal them. 
And that tells me that, that God wanted to, you know, while he was there, you know, Jesus, as he's in their midst, he was wanting to do a greater work than what was taking place. And I think, you know, it's in the same verse where it talks about the Pharisees were there, the religious leaders were there, and they were keeping a close eye on him, but, but they were unbelieving. They were critical, they were judgmental, and they were, they were there just watching him to, you know, trying to see if he's going to make a wrong move so they can take a hold of him. And, it, and the power of the Holy Spirit was there to heal them. That word healed could also mean to, to make whole or even to, to forgive their sins and make them well, to cure them. As you read about the Pharisees and you read about their critical hearts and what was going on inside, they needed to be touched by the Lord. And I wonder how it is with us. Do we limit what God wants to do in our midst? As, you know, as we're gathered together, the, the Bible promises us, Matthew 18, 20, it says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus says, I'm in the midst of them. Do you recognize that the Lord is in our midst right now? He's right here. And my question is, is, what is he wanting to do in your life today? What is he wanting to do in the midst of you today? What is he wanting to do? And are you in tune with the fact that, that he's here in our midst right now, that he's among us right now? Do you realize that? And do you realize that with his presence here, he may want to minister to you right now? And I understand he's ministering right now through the word of God as we go through the word of God. But, but there's maybe some in this place that need a touch of healing. There's maybe some in this place that need a touch for a forgiveness of sins because you've been wrapped up in the world again. There, there may be some in here that need a touch from the Lord today. And do you realize he's right here? He's right here, that, that he wants to minister. And as he was there physically, you know, we're, we have a promise that he's here right now. We can't see him, but he's here in our midst. By his Holy Spirit, he's here. And are we limiting him in our own lives for all that he wants to do right now? I believe many times we are. I believe many times I'm guilty. But as I see this story, I see that he was there in their midst and he wanted to heal, heal them his power was there to heal them. And only one received their, a healing. I heard a pastor tell a story not long ago about a friend of his who had rheumatoid arthritis. And he was a young man in his 20s. And it was very painful and all. He was a solid Christian. He was a man of the word. He was a you know, conservative Christian. And at his workplace, there was a you know, very charismatic you know, guy in his workplace. And, and he, he would go up to him and he knew he had this disease and all. And he would go up to him and say, hey, brother, have you received your healing today? And he was like, you know, he said, every time he said that, it bothered him. And he's, you know, so you know, almost every day the guy would say, hey, brother, did you, did you receive your healing today? And he's like, oh, man, here we go again. Here's this guy, you know. True story. One, one day, this man walked up to him. He put his hand on his shoulder. And he says, in the name of Jesus, receive your healing today. And he walked away from this guy. Instantly, he was healed. The power of the Lord was present to heal him. I was at Calvary Costa Mesa, my wife and I, Sunday night. And from the pulpit, they asked people if they needed healing, if they you know, wanted to come up. The pastors were up front to pray. And if they needed healing, come up and pray. And I was amazed at the people, how many people, there were so many people that came up. They just packed the aisles. It was just like, I was watching as, as, uh, as the, the, the call went out to come up for prayer. Just like, whoa, all these people are coming up. I'm like, wow. 
And I went up front to help, I, you know, to help the other pastors. I was like, man, they need help up there. So we're praying for people. Let me tell you, I, I don't want to, you know, whatever this sounds like, the power of the Lord was there to heal. And I remember one of the ladies that I was praying for, it was just like the Lord was ministering to her. And I was just praying, you know, she, you know, needed prayer for herself, prayer for other people with, that are going through things that are sick. And we prayed and we prayed. And then after we prayed, she said, she says, uh, you know, I believe the Lord just healed me. She says, I just felt a powerful touch from the Lord. And I didn't tell her this, but I felt a powerful touch also as the Lord was healing and touching her. But it was her response. She just said, yeah, I, I believe the Lord wants to heal me. Can you please pray? And I understand the Lord doesn't heal. We can, you know, through scripture, the Lord doesn't heal everyone. Paul the apostle had an infirmity. He said, I'd rather boast in my infirmity that the power of God would rest upon me. And, but we should ask the Lord, Lord, is this, is, what, is this what you want? But are we limiting him sometimes in our own lives for all that he wants to do? We're told in Mark chapter 6 that Jesus was not able to do mighty works in his hometown of Nazareth. Why? Because of unbelief. And it says that, that he wanted to. It wasn't that he didn't want to do. It says he wanted to. And even says he marveled at their unbelief. He marveled at the fact that they were unbelieving. We get the picture that he was there in Nazareth. He was wanting to touch. He was wanting to help. He was wanting to minister. But they limited him because they just didn't believe. They said, we know this guy. Isn't that the carpenter's son? Yeah, that's, that's Joseph and Mary's son. We know this guy. And they limited. Some say supernatural healing was reserved for only Jesus and the apostles. I, I don't believe that. I think of the story of Saul of Tarsus when he was on the road to Damascus and he had a wonderful encounter with Jesus and he said, Lord, what must I do? And he was touched and his eyes, basically his spiritual eyes were open. But remember, he became blind. He couldn't see. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember that, that you know, Jesus spoke to Ananias and said, Ananias, go. I want you to go you know, to this one Saul. And he says, no. Remember, he argued with him and said, I know about this guy. I don't think you want me to go to this guy. He says, no, he prays. He's praying right now. I want you to go and touch this man. I want you to put hands on this man. I'm going to give him his sight, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Ananias went to see Saul of Tarsus, and sure enough, he's there praying. He put his hands on him, and he received his sight. And it says it appeared that, you know, that there were like scales that were on his eyes and they just fell off of his eyes instantly, immediately. And he received his sight and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Ananias was an ordinary guy. He wasn't an apostle. He was just an ordinary person. And God used him to heal Saul of Tarsus that became Paul the apostle. Again, as we're gathered together this morning, do you realize God's here with us? What is he wanting to do to you? What is he wanting to say to you? His power is here. His presence is here. His Holy Spirit is here right now. Are we limiting him in our very own lives? When we speak about mercy, I just want to, you know, as we talk about mercy, God's mercy was there to heal them, you know, but the definition of mercy, if you take note, it's a readiness to help those in trouble. It could also be defined as kindness and compassion and pity towards the afflicted, joined with a desire to relieve them or help them. That's mercy. And do you know you have a merciful God that's ready to help you, that's filled with compassion, that's filled with pity, that's filled with kindness for each one of us, and he wants to help us? Do we realize that? 
I'd like to say in our story here that, that these men that, that helped this, this man that was paralyzed, they were very merciful. I would love to have friends like this, wouldn't you? They're, they're determined to bring this man to Jesus. You know, the, another account tells us there's four of them. So, you know, get this picture. There's four of them. They, they've got him on the bed. They've got four corners. They're holding this guy. They're determined, okay, we need to bring him to Jesus. We need to bring him to Jesus. We've got to bring him to Jesus. And they get to the front door, and the front door is packed. They're thinking, what? How are we going to do this? And most people, I think, would say, well, we tried our best. Let's put him down. Let's go. Maybe we can at least hear part of the message there by the doorway. Just, you know, hey, buddy, you're on your own. We tried. We, we tried our best. No. The story tells us they went up onto the rooftop in, in, in Israel, and even today in that area, you know, the, the rooftop, there was like a, a sitting area up there and all. So they, they brought him up there, but they didn't stop there. They took the tiles off the top and they started lowering them down into the midst of Jesus. Those are friends. That's mercy. That's wonderful. That's kindness. Helping other people, going out of your way, determined. I'm bringing them to Jesus. We're bringing them to Jesus. I don't care what's going to happen. This person needs Jesus. Are we doing our best to bring people to Jesus because he's the only one that can help the people around us? Are we determined? Are we going out of our way? When there's obstacles there, we just are we pressing forward and saying, no, I, they've got to come to Jesus. Because believe me, obstacles will come. When you try to bring someone to Jesus Christ, to try to bring someone before the Lord, you're going to have obstacles. They're going to be in your way. But I would say with these, like these guys, I would be determined. No, 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 no. We've got to do this. When I received the Lord as my Savior, it all happened because I was telling my troubles to my sister. I was telling her how I was overwhelmed with work and we got these projects going on and we got so much happening and then this is going on and this is going on. And all she did was she put out her hand. She says, let me pray for you. She didn't say, you know, well, we've got to take you to Jesus now. You know, did you, have you received Christ? No, no, she didn't go through any of that. She says, here, let me just pray for you. She brought me before the throne of Jesus, before the throne of God. And next thing I know, most of you know the story. I was weeping and crying and, and I'm just like, you know, sobbing. And I gave my life to Christ. I said, Lord, I made a mess out of my life. Please come and fill me with your spirit or whatever I said. I was just crying out to God, forgive me. Give me a new life, Lord. And, and a weight just pulled right off of my shoulder. The weight of the world was off of my shoulders. And, and I, I was able to receive the mercies of God. It had nothing to do with what I did. It had everything to do with my sister just bringing me to Jesus. Would extend his mercy to others. I, I love what Micah tells us. It says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly and to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Jesus in our story is so merciful. Get the picture. I, as I was thinking through this, you know, I love to picture this. I love to, to see what's going on, you know, and, you know, picture this. You know, think through this with me for a second, okay? Jesus is teaching the word. Multitudes, the house is packed. People are there, you know, in the hallway getting ministered to, you know, God's spirit's moving. You know, things are happening, right? And then all of a sudden, in the midst of his teaching, this man comes from the ceiling, comes down. Talk about distraction. I, I believe most people, Bible teachers today would probably say, look at the ushers, like, are you going to take care of this? 
And for a good reason, you know, when the, the Bible's being taught, when the word of God's going out, you know, the enemy is going to try to come in and distract and to, and to bring in distraction and try to bring people's focus off of the word of God. So, so it's understandable, but that's not what Jesus did. And I, and I think that's where mercy comes in. You know, another definition for mercy is not getting what you deserve. I believe they, these men deserve to be, you know, corrected and reprimanded saying, hey, you guys, you know, there's another time for this. Don't you see the words going out? But that's not what Jesus did. He showed mercy. He showed mercy and he forgave their sin. He forgave his sins and he he, he complimented these guys for their faith. Did you notice it wasn't his faith, not the paralyzed guy, but it was the faith of these four men. He complimented these guys. This guy on the bed wasn't filled with faith. These guys were full of faith. Then he touched and healed them. And it makes me think as, as believers, you know, it, it, we're to show the love and kindness to others, even if they don't deserve it. I'm usually quick to help people that deserve it, or I see something, some hope with that, you know, oh, they deserve it. Let me show them kindness. They're, 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 you know, they seem like they really need help. We're going to give them help. But, but what about those that don't deserve it? That's mercy. When they don't deserve it. Check this out. This, these two verses blessed me the other day. It's almost like the first time I read them. 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. Check this out. The apostle Peter says, listen to this. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling with, for reviling. But on the contrary, blessings. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. That's huge. That, that's saying that, you know, be tenderhearted, be loving, be kind, be very courteous and, and all, but not just to, to those that are kind and do it to those that are even evil because you're called to this. And did you notice what it says? That you'll, re, you'll inherit a blessing for it. You're going to be blessed because you're blessing them. And I, and I look at this, you know, and, and as this has been speaking to me lately, I, I, I look at this, to, you know, how people could, in the world and people around us can be so vile and so mean and so, you know, just, just unbelievably. Sometimes it's just you know, the things that they do and say, you know, but where did you say, Lord bless you? Try that. I'm sorry. Did I, did I upset you? I'm really, please forgive me. I, I didn't mean to do that. And you, and you just return that evil with good. The apostle Peter says, you're going to be blessed. That's mercy. They don't deserve it. It's a side note. I just want to, in our story here, do you know, Jesus forgave this man of his sins. And I, I don't want you to miss this part too, as we're looking at this. Jesus forgave this man of, of his sin at first, right? And I, I imagine, because these four guys, as they're up on the roof, they're looking down and they bring him before Jesus and, and then... Jesus says, man, your sins are forgiven. I believe it's possible these four guys were disappointed. They're like, well, we didn't bring him to get his sins forgiven. We want him to be healed. But most people believe that this man, he, he was paralyzed because he had a, a, a sexually transmitted disease. That's even tradition from all the way back. There's a tradition that he had a sexually transmitted disease and that's what brought on this whole thing. And I believe this man wasn't disappointed that was healed. I think he was elated. Thank you, Lord. That's what I needed more than anything. To know that what I did was wrong and it's forgiven. Thank you, Lord. And I believe this is me speculating. This man was probably thinking, even if I don't walk another day in my life, as long as I know I'm forgiven. 
that guilt and that shame is removed, God. Thank you. Then the Pharisees butt in just as we were reading and they were thinking in their hearts that this is blasphemous because only God can forgive a man. And it's true. Only God can, can forgive a man. And Jesus is God in the flesh. And Jesus said, so you know that the son of man has power to forgive sins on this earth. He says, and he basically tells the guy, rise, take up your bed and walk. And he, he got up and walked. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. The throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our.